0: I'm Jeff MacArthur back in a Wednesday afternoon as always on a Wednesday joining us now to run down the latest COVID headlines here is our good friend vaccine researcher family physician Dr. Iris Gorfinkel is on the line. Dr. Gorfinkel good
1: afternoon. Good afternoon to you Jeff.
0: Okay uh, let's start with this headline just in from the World Health Organization on this Wednesday that half the world Half the world is now fully vaccinated, which is obviously a significant milestone. But what do you think this means, Dr. Gorfinkel, when it comes to stemming the COVID tide?
1: This is absolutely incredible that we cannot take it for granted. Fifty six percent of planet Earth has now been vaccinated. But when you look at low income countries, that number is only nine percent. So what does that tell us? it tells us that there still could be variants on the, you know, coming down the pipe. And I think that's what we must expect. There will be future variants. We've played this game so many times before. So as long as the world isn't vaccinated, you know, we talk about herd immunity and with Omicron, it's, a, it's at least 90% of the world that would have to be vaccinated. Well, even if you were an optimist and said, well, 56%, we're still way under that. So, What that tells us is we can expect more variants and it can't be taken for granted that those variants won't make people sicker, won't make people necessarily have, you know, more resistance against the vaccinations we have. Or result in fewer hospitalizations. It's just really lucky that the vaccines we've had so far have prevented all of the different variants from hospitalization. It's been very good at that, but it's, it's not as good at preventing cases.
0: Okay, so with half the world now fully vaccinated, according to the WHO, is it too soon to declare, I guess,
1: victory over COVID? Victory over COVID are three very big words, and absolutely, it's too soon. I think everybody recognizes that it's too soon. What we're arguing about is how quickly should we open? You know, what I find concerning is that Ontario is moving a little faster than we'd planned. Turn the clock back into January, and what were we saying? Let's take our time. Let's make three weeks between changes, And is that what we're seeing? No, we moved it up by two weeks. We're flinging the doors open to full crowds. You know, we're letting go of vaccine passports or leaving it to the individual business to decide. And what does that mean? It means we could be seeing more cases and more quickly. Thankfully, we still are holding on to masks. We're not letting go of those so quickly, but we do have to be cautious in the way we open.
0: Okay, you hit on a couple of things I want to explore a little further with you, and let's go back to the uh, crowds. Raptors last night, they played in front of a full house, a full-capacity crowd at Scotiabank Arena for the first time in a few months. As a matter of fact, they are the only team in the NBA to play to an empty uh, house uh, this season. And I think while some people you know, we're heartened by the fact that they saw the full crowd there and that it added to the uh, game, the vibrancy of the game, and I guess a bit of a return to normal. I don't know if you saw the game or any of the highlights, Dr. Gorfinkel, but I'm just wondering kind of what your reaction is when you see, you know, 20,000 people like, gathered once again in something like an NBA game.
1: That's unbelievable. You have 20,000 people. Now understand these people are wearing masks, except major exceptions when they're eating or drinking. You know, but we are a vaccinated population. That said, it's concerning. We can see what we can see, but we cannot see, for example, the stealth variant as well. So how much is it going to be there? Are these things going to impact on hospitalizations? Well, we've seen in the past week hospitalizations are are plateauing just a little bit. So we have to be very cautious with it. Am I excited to see people in a crowd? Absolutely. It's wonderful. But by the same token, am I a little frightened? And I am quite frightened. You know, what is the job of public health? Ultimately, it's to be the voice for the voiceless. And who are the voiceless? People in long-term care. Well, they're not at the game. But certainly people who are older with chronic conditions could be at the game. And if they're not at the game, well, they could be subjected to being exposed to people who were at the game. So these things take time to see what the ramifications are going to be in terms of hospitalizations and case numbers.
0: All right. You also mentioned uh, masking a moment ago. And, of course, a big headline early this week was the Premier, Doug Ford, saying, quote, we are not far away when it comes to lifting Ontario's uh, masking mandate. Uh, A few other provinces have already done so. This week they've listed uh, masking mandates for indoor public spaces. Uh, What is your take on Ontario looking at this? Uh, Again, too soon or is the timing just about right? Uh, Where do you sit on that?
1: We cannot do too many things at once because if we lift everything all at once, we really do risk case numbers going up. I think the original idea of you to take your time so you can see the what the effects are of each of these changes, right? So if we've opened up capacity limits, well, that's going to take two to three weeks to see what that does. Most people are used to wearing masks and most people are not complaining about them by now. And by the way, there is no promise that Ontarians will no longer have to wear masks in a few weeks. They're talking about looking at the numbers and then deciding, should we lift masks or should we not? I think that's one of the very last things to go. And it doesn't even have to be a one size fits all. You know, I think people who are older with chronic conditions really for the foreseeable future should always consider wearing masks. It is a high-risk situation still in that we cannot know what tomorrow will bring, nor can we necessarily assume that our testing, which we know is actually we're dropping the ball on testing at this point, tests are just kind of, they're not widely available, they're not easy to get. You know, So we don't really know case numbers directly that way. So my feeling is everybody should be wearing a mask at this point, we'll have to see what happens with the numbers, take our time.
0: All right, yeah, and to that point, do we really know where we stand, where we are right now in this province and as a country as a whole, when it comes to Omicron and COVID and the COVID numbers? Because you're absolutely right. Well, the numbers have been on the decline and hospitalizations have been on the decline, also on the decline has been testing, the uh, testing rates and the amount of testing that's uh, going on. So do you believe, Dr. gorfinkel that we've got kind of an accurate portrayal or picture of where we're currently at when it comes to COVID?
1: So let's take a look at what we know objectively. So objectively, hospitalizations are down. ICU visits are down. ICU admissions are down by about half. You know, so hospitalizations are also down, they're down a quarter of what they were, we're talking about just one month ago. So that's a huge drop. But the problem is, you can't necessarily assume that it's going to follow that same trajectory. And also, there could be new variants around the corner. And that's a big problem. And so far, the world has not been vaccinated adequately. So I think, given that we've already seen Omicron emerge, it's reasonable to assume we will see another variant. Now, that sounds terrible to say, but that is the pattern that we've seen. And I'm concerned that, if anything, we want to stay one step ahead of the curve. We want to be proactive rather than reactive. So this is just common sense. Wear the mask. What I find a little concerning is that businesses are left to decide for themselves what they're going to do with, say, vaccine passports. You know, so as Ontario lets go of vaccine passports, they basically say to businesses, you can decide what you want to do for your own individual business. Now, I ask, what is wrong with that picture? Well, it pits financial interest potentially against public health governments are there to govern. So we should be saying, okay, this is the time we can truly let go of vaccine passports. And I don't think that time is just yet. We're a widely vaccinated population.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a little further about that proof of vaccination? Because we were talking about that earlier this week, the requirement to drop that, or I guess, you know, it it was dropped earlier this week. But does that put people in a public setting in any more sort of danger or peril? If you're fully uh, vaccinated and you happen to be sitting next to somebody who is not vaccinated, say at a uh, restaurant or some sort of public setting, are you theoretically or medically, I guess, are you any more at risk or because you're fully vaccinated, you are as protected as you possibly can be?
1: Well, let's take a step back and ask what the definition of fully vaccinated is. The true definition, if somebody is not immunocompromised, is three doses. They need that booster shot. And not enough people have that booster shot just yet. You know, so more Ontarians need to be able to get that booster shot in order to call us fully vaccinated. That was a big thing when it came to vaccine passports because really they were at a fork in the road. Do they say fully vaccinated is three doses and then demand that change? Or do they accept that people have two doses and just scrap it because we know two doses is not enough? to prevent cases. Now, fortunately, two doses does prevent hospitalization, but it's not enough to prevent a case breaking through that vaccination. So, you know, it, it's a complex area, but my feeling about it is, is that it's not necessarily a one-size fits all. As somebody who's older with a chronic condition, wear the mask, go to places that do demand vaccine passports so that you'll be safer. You know, the the more risk a person faces, the more risk they have to consider when going to businesses that don't demand vaccine passports.
0: Okay, we got to step aside and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll ask Dr. Gorfinkel about uh, Pfizer, a a new study out uh, regarding the effectiveness of their vaccine uh, for those between the ages of 5 and 11. This is important information, important data that every parent needs to know and should hear. We'll talk to Dr. Gorfinkel about that coming up next after this break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show.